0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey Justin, how's it going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. It's just uh, started E3 week. Huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. We've uh, actually been talking off air about all the announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and we've we've actually since we our last episode came out, we've been up to up to some things. So I feel like we've got some stuff to talk about before we actually talk about the episodes we watched.
0: Well, uh, at, at shown at the Ubisoft press conference earlier today was a mm-hmm. Star Trek game.
1: What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know of what you speak. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Star Trek Bridge Crew. Mm-hmm. It's a VR game.
1: Yeah. is it? It's coming to kind of all the known VR platforms, or at least... The big ones, right? Like Oculus and Vive and PlayStation even, VR. Uh, PlayStation VR, yeah. So what's the what's the deal with this? Uh, it comes out in fall 2016,
0: mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's a virtual reality game from Ubisoft, developed by Red Storm. Uh, they do the oh. Rainbow Six games and yeah, that sort of thing.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. And they're they're kind of like known for their. Uh, tactical games, <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, and uh, pretty
1: serious stuff. Yeah,
0: and tactics will definitely be a thing in this game too. Looks like uh, in this four-player game, uh, four four players cooperate to uh, pilot a starship. Uh, there's four roles, obviously. There's a uh, captain, uh, helm, so you're piloting the ship. Mm-hmm. Tactical, so you're firing the weapons, and uh, engineering. So you can reroute power and all that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, manage the shields and all that.
1: Yeah. And is it, So it's cooperative. Is it online? Uh, They did not
0: say, but I would assume it is since you have to have four players. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? Otherwise, you'd have to have four VR setups in your home.
0: Yeah, which would be ridiculous.
1: Right. But, I mean, potentially kind of cool. Yeah, I guess. it'd be really
0: expensive.
1: <laughs> it would be really expensive. But it'll be interesting to see how they handle the voice over IP and, you know, any potential lag and everything. It sounds really ambitious.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, I, I really don't think I've heard of many multi- well multiplayer games like this, at least. I guess FPSs and stuff. But I thought there was there like a mobile game where you're
0: kind of doing this sort of thing?
1: Well, there's Space Team, which was just, like, pushing a lot of buttons, uh, but there's this other game f- that's available for the PC uh, that's called Artemis Bridge Simulator, and that's a networked game where you do actually play, I, maybe you can play it online, but you do actually play all in the same room, and each person kind of has their own station on a starship. But I mean, from what I little I saw, this does really kind of take it to the next level, because it's, like, full immersion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like the dream come true potentially (laughs) of getting, you know, it's not just a, I mean, there've been Star Trek games where, you know, like, um, in fact, I think you might've even bought one not too long ago, but where you're, you know, controlling a starship from the bridge or whatever. Right. I mean, this is like, you're actually well, you're not actually there, but it's like, it's presented like you're actually there. And it's got to be some like wish fulfillment for a lot of people.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, The only thing that I saw some people were a little bit irked about was that it seems to be set in the Abrams
1: verse. Oh, right. Yeah, definitely. The bridge that I saw uh, in the video was um, like an Abrams starship bridge. Yeah. So some lens flare going on there.
0: Um. Yeah, the game looks really cool. The video had a bunch of Star Trek folks in it. I had mm-hmm. uh, LeVar Burton, uh, Jerry Ryan, and uh, Carl Urban. That's so cool. Playing the game.
1: Yeah, I, I do remember. I I only got to see a little bit of that one, uh, but LeVar Burton was just like beside himself, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "But you were on Star Trek!" And then I realized, "Oh well, they didn't like actually." pilot a starship. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they were like, just
0: pressing yeah. these plastic panels like yeah. nothing
1: But but Lavar, he was just like he was just like, "Oh my god, I I this is what I would dream about a Star Trek game being like. like." Okay. You know, I hope you're being totally 100% honest with us Lavar <laughs> cuz I'm going to get really excited. Yeah,
0: his enthusiasm was great.
1: Mhm. It seemed genuine, so I guess we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. and we don't have to wait very long.
0: Yeah, by the end um, of this year, we'll be able to play it. It's
1: so making my pre-order of the PlayStation VR uh, seem even more like a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have one pre-ordered as well. Uh, there's no way. I don't have a PC that could run no. uh, Oculus or Vive.
1: No, I think that uh, I think it's uh, it's looking pretty good for uh, for VR, console VR. We'll have to see how it all pans out. But this is definitely uh, something for Star Trek fans like us to get really excited about.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah. You got some Star or you got a Star Trek thing, uh, since oh, we
1: last talked. I did. I did. Wait, did you get any Star Trek stuff? Uh, I got a I You actually did. did. I did. Okay, well, okay, we'll talk about what I got first. Uh, and I got this from uh, a friend of mine. <laughs> his name may or may not, uh, his, his initials may or may not be JC. <laughs> and And I don't mean the guy, you know, the... The The, big JC. I uh, mean... I mean, the more important guy, Justin <laughs> Cheng. Uh, yeah. So, um, we actually went to the San Jose Super Toy Show, uh, a weekend or so ago. And, uh, as kind of a surprise, uh, you gifted me something, um, from your, your personal stash. Uh, and it is a, uh, it's Art Asylum, right? Art, Art Asylum. Uh,
0: they uh, did the first run of it and oh, Diamond okay. re-released it.
1: Okay. So it's a Diamond, um, uh, it is a scale, not one-to-one scale, but it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> one-to-one scale would be pretty impressive, <laughs> That though. would be awesome. I would not have room for that, for sure. Uh, it's a, it's a, an electronic, uh, sound and light, uh, light up, uh, in X01 Enterprise, uh, pre-painted, uh, incredibly well-finished, um a uh, model of the NX-01 Enterprise that uh, has, you know, realistic running sounds, the nacelles light up, uh, you push a button, and Archer says, like, 27 different things. <laughs> uh, and it it makes warp sounds, and it's just really, really cool. Um, I think it's... It, I mean, on top of the fact that it lights up and makes running noises until the batteries run out... Um, it's just, like, a really cool-looking uh, version of, like, a desktop version of the NX-01. Um, and I, I didn't know it existed, and I'm glad it does. Um, there, there seems to have been so little that came out of Enterprise in terms of toys. Um, so it's really cool that they made this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would definitely want... Actually, if if there exist other enterprises or other starships, uh, you know, kind of created by the same folks, I'd probably want to collect them.
0: Oh, they have all the enterprises.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty cool to know. <laughs> well,
0: except the C, they don't have the Enterprise C, as far oh. as I know.
1: Okay, but no, it's awesome, and and I'm really grateful to have it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I
0: had that, and. I like it a lot, but I just didn't have any room for it. So I figured I'd give it to someone who would appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I definitely do. And it it has a home here and uh, has its own uh, space dock. Uh, (laughs) That's what I call my house. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, at the toy show, though, I did pick up a Star Trek item. Um, As we were (laughs) leaving, I saw a computer mouse that was... Uh shaped or uh, designed like a type one phaser from star trek the next generation
1: uh-huh yeah it's pretty awesome we saw a lot of star trek stuff like a lot of like comm badges that for some reason light up and things like that mm-hmm. but this was a really cool find and i'm not sure if you can use it or not but
0: uh it's a serial mouse i need a adapter to run with usb but uh, oh i
1: mean it sh- should work though yeah I haven't seen a cereal mouse in a long time. Probably not since Star Trek: The Next Generation was on TV. Yeah, it's definitely
0: from the early days of Next Generation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I remember you saying something like, "Oh, even if I can't use it, it's still a conversation piece." <laughs> It definitely is. I was saying, oh, yeah, you should go to, like, Starbucks with your MacBook. <laughs> Just be sitting there. With... And does it light up, I think? Yeah, it does. It light... I didn't
0: uh, try it with the batteries uh-huh. or anything. But, yeah, it lights up, and apparently, and makes sounds, uh, phaser oh. sounds.
1: <laughs> okay, here's... <laughs> That's awesome. Here's the question. Is it a laser mouse?
0: I don't think uh, so.
1: And it has a mouse ball in it. I was going to say, I haven't. I have a haven't phaser actually... mouse?
0: I haven't uh, actually opened it.
1: No, it's a phaser mouse. Anyways. That was my that was my joke, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, our our listeners just totally bottomed out. But
0: it, yeah, it's a it's a cool piece of uh history.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I gotta say, I if if I ever uh come upon one of those, I might just have to pick up a matching one. <laughs> And then we'll we'll podcast while using, both of us will use ours to control our podcasting. Yeah, I'm sure it works great. Mm-hmm. On the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's all I've picked up lately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, some Star Trek Enterprise? Oh, you know it. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise. Season 4, Episode 5, Cold Station 12. Original air date, November 5th. 2004 uh episode begins uh 11 years earlier where Sung is telling a group of augment children how humans fear them uh, after the eugenics wars mm-hmm. uh, he also tells them that there are more augments out there and it will be their duty to free them uh back in the modern day of enterprise uh Soong and malik are discussing how they're going to get the uh augment embryos from cold station 12. Uh, Sung forbids the augments from killing anyone, which doesn't seem to sit well with Malik. Uh, that's the opening credits. When the episode returns, the enterprise crew is trying to find Sung in the augments, but they have no leads. So they go to Sung's colony in which he raised the augments. Turns out that there was someone left behind. Uh, he tries to run. But the away team surrounds him, and Archer knocks him out after he tries to attack Archer with a knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this guy doesn't seem to be an augment.
1: <laughs> He's not very augmented. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the tip off when you know Archer could knock him out. Uh,
0: on the stolen
1: bird of prey,
0: Sung is saddened by the death of Ra'keen, and he confronts Malik about it. Uh, Malik seems upset about Ra'keen's death. Which we know is a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Enterprise, in Sick bay, Phlox reveals to Archer that the man they found in the colony is not actually an augment. Uh, he has similar DNA to the augments, but he was born without any enhanced abilities. The man tells Archer that his name is Udar, and Udar refuses to help Archer find the augments.
1: Even his name is not as cool as the <laughs> other augments. They,
0: Udar. He's got some... Uh,
1: nickname oh yeah what's his nickname
0: mm, It's from nicholas nickleby i can't remember it now
1: um well we'll look we'll look it up
0: <laughs> smike
1: smike
0: yeah it's from nicholas nickleby uh yeah yeah it's supposed to be an insulting nickname but mm-hmm. i noticed throughout this episode that Archer calls him Smike all the time.
1: Yeah, it's like everyone calls him Smike, and it's almost like he doesn't seem to mind. He's like, I know I'm lame. My name's Smike.
0: Uh, although Soong calls him Udar. I
1: oh, guess. okay. You know, when I first heard his name as a little aside, I almost thought he was saying Hodor. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's kind of similar, I guess. <laughs> He's the precursor to Hodor, which is, yeah, not as big. He's like unaugmented Hodor. <laughs>
0: Uh, in the situation room on Enterprise, Archer tells and Trip that Sung is likely headed to the human and denobulin run Cold Station 12, uh, because there are over 1800 augment embryos there.
1: Oh, right. Seems like a good idea to keep those around.
0: Uh, elsewhere, Sung and the augments commandeer the Denobulan medical ship Barzai. Uh, back on Enterprise in Sick Bay. Archer tells Flox that the senior medical director of Cold Station 12 is Dr. Jeremy Lucas, whom Flox has had correspondence with in several episodes.
1: Yeah. Well, we're finally going to meet him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, back on the Bar's
0: Eye, Sung and the Augments trick their way onto Cold Station 12. We finally see Dr. Lucas before he's knocked unconscious by gas being pumped into Cold Station 12. Uh, on Enterprise, in the mess hall, Flox is trying to fatten up before his hibernation, but he can't eat because he's worried about Dr. Lucas. Flox uh, and Archer talk about the history of the augments. We learn that Archer's father suffered from Clark's syndrome, a degenerative brain disorder, and that he died when Archer was 12. Mm. We also learn that Denobulans perfected genetic engineering, but it never came close to destroying them like it did for the humans
1: but does he go into any detail about why it didn't wh- when basically it almost ended earth as we know it
0: i think the implication is human nature and aggression and greed mm-hmm. and all that are
1: those humans
0: yeah that's whereas the nobilins don't have those impulses
1: mm-hmm. interesting
0: uh back on Cold Station twelve, Dr. Lucas tells Sung that he doesn't have the code to access the embryos, so Sung is having one of the augments try to hack in. Suddenly, Enterprise enters the vicinity. Sung hails Archer and tells Archer that he won't harm any of the eleven hostages, uh if Archer leaves the system immediately. Uh Archer complies after Sung holds a Klingon disruptor to Dr. Lucas's head. Uh, later, Malik gives some evidence that Dr. Lucas was lying about not having access to the embryos. Uh, meanwhile, Archer, Phlox, Reed, Udar, and some Makos beam onto Cold Station 12. Uh, they're just using that transporter all the time now.
1: Yeah, I think we we can pretty safely say we've gotten to the point where it's just... It's basically like a transporter from any other Trek.
0: Yep, you know? they, they don't care about their shuttle pods.
1: No, they don't even... Y- Oh, yeah, that's right. They haven't been using shuttle pods.
0: They don't need to. They got a transporter. Yeah. Uh, Elsewhere, Dr. Lucas refuses to provide access to the embryos, even after being beaten. Uh, Malik suggests threatening the life of one of Dr. Lucas's colleagues instead, uh, and he wants to do so by exposing that person to the wide array of pathogens available to them on Cold Station 12. Uh they choose Dr. Lucas's right hand man uh Sung clearly doesn't want to go through with this torture and pleads with Dr. Lucas to give up the information uh Dr. Lucas stays mum, but uh Soong wants to release the antipathogen anyway. Malik refuses, and the man dies.
1: yeah, it's pretty nasty,
0: yeah uh the augments find and capture the waiting team. Flox and Dr. Lucas reunite, as do Sung and Udar. Sung is surprised to see him because he had been told that he was dead, uh, when in actuality the Augments banish Udar because he wasn't strong enough. Enterprise hails Cold Station 12, which allows Archer to tell T'Pol uh to execute her orders of initiating Cold Station 12's self-destruct sequence. Uh this was an order from Starfleet. Uh, It doesn't work, so T'Pol decides to destroy the station with uh, photonic torpedoes. Before they can fire at the station, however, they are attacked by the bird of prey. On Cold Station 12, Malik realizes that Phlox and Dr. Lucas are friends, so he throws Phlox into the pathogen chamber. Sung wants to stop him, but Malik pushes Sung down. Uh, Dr. Lucas gives up the code when it's clear that Malik is going to kill Phlox. Uh, while Sung checks on the embryos, Malik takes the most uh, dangerous pathogens. Uh, while the prisoners are being locked in the containment cell, Archer and Udar fight back. Malik and Archer fight mano a mano, and Archer gets his butt kicked. Mm. Uh, Malik tells Archer that the pathogens will be unleashed five minutes after the Angmans leave, killing everyone left behind on Cold Station 12. Uh, He can't allow Udar to die like that, however, so Malik shoots and kills him with a Klingon disruptor. Uh, That Malik, he's uh, not a good guy.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Dr. Sung, yeah, everything we've been telling you about the Augments, I think you you should be seeing it for yourself. They're the worst of human nature. Pretty much. Uh
0: Sung and the Augments escape, and Archer goes off to stop the containment breach. As the episode ends,
1: yeah. So, uh, kind of a brutal episode there towards the end. Yeah, but I mean, I, they really
0: want to drive home the fact that Malik is a bad guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got the obvious ties here with, um, with Khan and the eugenics wars. And, you know, I, I think they were trying, at least initially, to make it seem like, oh, you know, these augments, they have a right to live too. And, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's give them a chance, <laughs> give the augments a chance. You know, they're just misunderstood, but you know, Malik is really showing himself to be this, uh, Machiavellian, uh, not Malick, <laughs> uh, character, um, who really hates humans. Um, you know, I, obviously because he, you know, he's seen what, uh, humans have done to his kind as he feels kind of like, persecuted, but in, 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 doing so i mean he's really just proving the point right right that you know i mean we haven't really seen the other the other augments um you know there was a you know kind of his brother that he killed and you know he wasn't a great great guy either but you know we're not seeing necessarily that the other augments they kind of do what they're told but they're not necessarily like just outright evil. Like it Malik is. it is a little bit
0: weird, and we'll get into this in the next episode as well. Uh-huh. But it's a little bit weird that no other augments are vying to become the leader of the group.
1: Yeah, the- it, like Malik just like overwhelms them all. Yeah, like, or or rather, it almost seems like he's the only one that really feels this way. Um, but yeah, the other thing is that he's just so like like I'm I'm surprised that Sung is even like going along with him at this point because like. I guess there is some kind of attachment. There's that father son attachment, but I mean, he's just like, like you said, like he's like pushes Sung down. Like, like he's just not obeying his father at all.
0: Yeah. And he w- really wants to kill humans.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's like, I forbid you to kill anyone. And then what does he do? He kills people. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, augments are kind of the worst. Um, You know, uh, I'm, you know, that's one thing that I'll say before we even get into the next episode is that, you know, uh, the thing with Khan is that you not only got that he was like the superior strength, but he was also, you know, he was, he was evil, (laughs) but he had the superior intellect too. And the one thing I don't get from Malik is that he's very smart. Right. (laughs) Like, like that was something about, about the, I guess they were augments, uh, khan and his gang but the whole idea there was that they not only possessed like the superior strength but they possessed the sum- superior smarts and um i maybe like you said as we're gonna see in the next episode maybe they're not maybe maybe he's not the smartest guy yeah uh
0: we're gonna take a little break and then when we come back we'll talk about the augments
1: UPM Friday. Murdering hostages is turning into a new hobby for you. A biological terror strike that may destroy an entire planet. What you're proposing is
0: mass murder. And fuel generations of hatred. Cleons will keep Starfleet busy for years. Surrender, or we'll destroy your ship. The bomb Brent Spiner returns in the stunning conclusion of a Star Trek event. And we're back. We're going to talk about Star Trek: Enterprise Season Four, Episode Six, "The Augments." Original air date: November twelfth, two thousand four. Take it away, Randy.
1: All right. So this episode kicks off exactly where the last one ended. Uh, Archer is still trying to reach the central core of Cold Station Twelve uh, to prevent the release of the pathogens. Uh, but he, in speaking with Doctor Lucas, learns uh, that the uh installation's ventilation system is going to uh carry the pathogens throughout the entire base. Uh so in a bit of daring do, uh Archer orders to Paul uh to fire uh Enterprise's phase cannons uh at the hatch on the surface of the uh cold station twelve uh just above the tube he's in uh that causes the the shaft the tube uh that he's crawling through to depressurize uh and it sucks the pathogens once they're released out into space, but it sucks Archer out along with them. Um, the transporter uh, couldn't get a lock on Archer while he was inside CS-12, uh, but once he's clear, he's beamed on board, but not before getting covered in ice. Uh, the next scene, uh, Malik and uh, Dr. Sung are, uh, on the bird of prey, uh, discussing their progress, and we learn that they have crossed into Klingon space. Uh, Malik tells Sung that Archer is probably dead, uh, which angers Sung since he'd given Malik express orders not to kill any of the hostages without his permission, mm-hmm. even though he totally killed the, like, Associate Director of Coal Station 12. Yeah. Uh, so, yet another person has seemingly died uh, at Malik's hands. Uh, and I made a note that Malik is clearly playing by his own rules. Yeah. Uh, as punishment for acting out of line, Sung orders Malik to repair part of the burn of prey damaged by Enterprise. Malik protests, saying that he's not an engineer. But Sung snidely remarks that he's smart, so he'll figure it out. So it's a little weird dynamic going on here.
0: I mean, he's trying to have the authority of a father figure, mm. but it's not really working now. <laughs>
1: no, no. Uh, back on Enterprise, Archer is recovering in sickbay. Uh, After a discussion, they decide to pursue the Augments, but to do so, they'll need to pass into Klingon space. Uh, So they come up with a plan to disguise the warp signature of Enterprise as a Klingon ship in order to avoid detection. Uh, Noted here that Trip has a great line uh, when Archer says, does he have any ideas for like disguising Enterprise? He says, I could paint a bird of prey on the ship's hull. (laughs) uh trip's got a couple of good ones in this episode i love that guy uh and then we also find out uh from to paul uh that dr lucas expects cleanup of cold station 12 to take more than a year because it's a mess <laughs> on the bird of prey dr sung is telling his augments about an area of space area of space called the briar patch now, uh, this area of Klingon space is difficult to traverse due to uh, radiation from some uh, supernovae. Uh, and I made a note that uh, this this uh, Briar patch also comes up in the movie uh, "Star Trek Insurrection." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's mentioned on a couple of episodes of uh, other Trek series, so it's kind of a, a recurring spatial area.
0: And it's appropriate that it was Insurrection, because uh, LeVar Burton directed this episode, and Brent Spiner is in it.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. It's a nice uh, crossover with TNG. Uh, so his plan, Dr. Sung's plan, is to relocate uh, himself and the Augments to one of two habitable planets in the Briar Patch. Uh, this causes Malik to accuse him of just wanting to go into hiding again. Uh, Dr. Sing, uh tells the Augments that they need a place... Uh, to hide out where they can raise the stolen embryos. Uh, This prompts Malik to bring up the story of the Botany Bay. Ooh! Surprise, surprise. Uh, The ship that left the Earth, or it's named after the the penal colony uh, in Australia, I believe. Uh, But as those who've seen The Wrath of Khan or have seen Space Seed in the original series know, it's also the name of the ship that uh, Khan and his subjects uh, were blasted into space on. Um, anyways, uh, Dr. Sung kind of discounts, uh, that story as a fairy tale, but Malik's, Malik, uh, firmly believes in it, and in fact, he says that Khan, uh, his biggest mistake was running from his enemies. He should have stayed on Earth and fought them to the death. Uh, Sung grows tired of Malik's disruption and orders the bird of prey into the briar patch. Uh, meanwhile, back on the Enterprise, uh, Archer orders the ship into Klingon space with its modified warp signature, and back on the Bird of Prey with Sung and company. uh, Malik and Sung are are arguing in Doctor Sung's lab. Uh, Sung is modifying the embryos they took from Cold Station Twelve to remove their aggressive and violent streaks. Malik argues that the embryos are as their creator intended, Uh, but Sung calls. Uh, these traits in the Augments' mistakes. Uh, Malik clearly sees, or clearly believes, that Sun considers the adult Augments to be dangerous and broken.
0: Yeah, it's weird that Malik is so insistent that they not modify it, the embryos any further because they're already modified.
1: Yeah, <laughs> So, he's, he's okay with them being modified as long as they were modified by the original creators of the augments, I guess, but he doesn't want, um, Sung modifying them any further. Uh, he says something about, um, basically making, or maybe this, this is coming up later, actually, where he talks about, you know, making them docile and more like, uh, more like humans. Um, but yeah, it's, it's confusing. <laughs> While uh, they're having this argument, an alert sounds. Uh, a ship is approaching them at high warp, and no surprise, it's Enterprise. Uh, Sung butts heads with Malik again uh, because he wants to attack Enterprise. Uh, Sung explains that they're grossly outgunned. Uh, and in communication with Enterprise, Sung reminds Archer that they have a hostage, uh, the Denobulan pilot from the medical ship. From the last episode. Uh, there's a, a standoff, uh, the Augments work to repair their bird of prey, as Enterprise plans a rescue of the Denobulan pilot. Malik informs Dr. Sung that he took canisters of the most deadly bio-agents from Cold Station 12, uh, which startles Dr. Sung. Um, <laughs> he should not be surprised by anything <laughs> Malik does at this point. Uh, Malik uh, reveals that he wants to use them to build a bioweapon torpedo. That can be fired at a Klingon colony and spark a war between the Klingons and Earth. Uh, he he says basically this should keep them busy and off our tra- <laughs> off our trail for a while. Uh, he wants to basically start a war between two races just to. Because. Just because he can, and because he wants to uh keep them busy so they won't pursue them.
0: Yeah. Also he hates humans, so why not? <laughs>
1: he really hates humans and doesn't care about uh doesn't care about millions of uh Klingons that he's gonna kill. Uh in his quarters in Malik's quarters rather, uh Malik and uh per- Percy uh, Percy, right? Persis. Persis. Persis uh, are uh, in bed together. Uh, Malik informs her of his plan to mutiny against Doctor Sung, even though he kind of already is. Yeah. <laughs> he says that Doctor Sung is not one of them, and that Doctor Sung wants to make new au- the new augments more like humans by removing their, you know, their uh, aggression evil streak. <laughs> everything that makes malik malik yeah they want to de them uh after this uh a couple of the augments confine dr Sung to his quarters uh, where he's visited by persis who tells him that she feared for her life and that's why she went along with malik i don't really trust her that much either she kind of has been shifting between uh allegiances to to go you know going back to uh the original episode of this arc um sung wants to disable the ship but persis says it's impossible to do that without getting caught and helps dr Sung uh dr sung flee in an escape pod uh which enterprise picks up after locating its distress beacon in the enterprise bridge Air, sorry, in the Enterprise Brig, uh, Dr. Soong tells Archer about Malik's plan to use a bioweapon against the Klingon colony. Uh, Archer orders Enterprise to intercept the augments before they can reach the planet, even though traveling at top speed may blow their cover. Back on the Bird of Prey, Malik has learned of Persis' betrayal and kills her with a Klingon blade.
0: Of so, course, because he's going to kill everyone who stands yeah, in his way.
1: Basically. Uh, We've got a new, less smart con on our hands here, folks. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, because they blew their cover by traveling at top speed, Enterprise uh, is caught by a Klingon cruiser. Uh, The cruiser uh, and its crew try to board Enterprise, but Archer uh, comes up with a plan to use the ship's grappler to tear apart one of the Klingon ship's nacelles, leaving them without warp capability. Uh, it was kind of a, you know, it's kind of a smart plan, I guess, or couldn't they just have shot it? But, <laughs> uh, he's done a couple of things I noted. There was the, uh, uh, getting Enterprise to shoot the hatch so that he would shoot out and be able to be beamed on board. Uh, and then there was this, this little gambit of his to pull the nacelle off the, the, the ship. So he's coming up with some interesting tactics. hmm Um... Back on the Bird of Prey, Malik is targeting the bioweapon at the colony to inflict maximum casualties. Uh, the torpedo is fired, but Enterprise thankfully arrives in time, uh, to destroy it with three of its own torpedoes at the last possible moment. I guess,
0: uh, Klingon torpedoes move slower than, uh, Federation, or not Federation, Starfleet torpedoes.
1: Yeah, I mean, given that, wait. Isn't Starfleet technology behind everyone else? Well, that's a good thing. That it's that Maybe it's uh, Reed. Reed's just really good building those torpedoes.
0: And It makes them very, well, not aerodynamic, but,
1: you know. Yeah. He very, put a little pep in them. Yeah. Just They'd really outrun everything else. Really fast. You know, I almost would have loved, like, a little layer of something where Reed's like, you know, like, I knew it was a good idea to, you know, soup up the engines on those <laughs> torpedoes. Like, I wish he was, like, kind of a little bit of a hacker, you know? Anyways, um, Enterprise and the Bird of Prey uh, engage in battle. Until um, uh, Dr. Sung tells the Enterprise crew to target a portion of their Bird of Prey uh, that will completely disable it once it's been hit, which they do. Unwilling uh, to be captured... Uh, Malik crawls across a destroyed bridge strewn with, uh, bodies of his dead augment friends, a la Khan, <laughs> at the end of Wrath of Khan, uh, and ses- sets the ship's reactor to overload, uh, before the ship is destroyed. Uh, thinking they've won, Archer escorts Sung, Dr. Sung to his quarters, uh, when Malik appears, having beamed on board Enterprise before the Bird of Prey detonated. He didn't go down with the ship after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fights with a Mako and Archer and tries to kill Dr. Sung before Archer uses the Mako's rifle to shoot a hole right through him, which was pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he shoots him in the back, and the camera pans to show Archer <laughs> through the hole in Malik's body, it's, which is kind of cool. It's
0: It's cool, but it's pretty gruesome. Yeah. A Star Trek show.
1: Every once in a while, something pops up on Enterprise, I've noticed, that seems a little too gruesome for Star Trek. Um, There was an episode from last season on the Western planet where Archer gets shot, and it's really bloody. Mm -hmm. And this was another example of that, where it was just kind of like, tonally kind of weird for Star Trek. Um with that taken care of, <laughs> with Malak uh, done in once and for all, uh, we go back to Earth. Uh, Dr. Sung is being locked up in his cell uh, from the beginning of the story arc, uh, but all of his drawings and papers are gone from the walls. Uh, Archer reveals that they are being kept by Starfleet in case they can somehow be used to help in the future. Uh, Sung tells Archer that perfecting humanity might not be possible, but that there may be promise in cybernetics, Ooh. artificial life forms. On that note, Archer bids him farewell. <laughs> like Basically like, oh my gosh, I'm so done with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after he leaves, Sung begins writing notes as he tells himself that while he may not finish this work himself, Uh, one of his ancestors might in a generation or two. Oh, I wonder what that means. Yeah. And I made a note after that, uh, before we talk about the, the episode, I said, so by this, we have to assume that Dr. Sung is released from prison. Or at least get some conjugal visits, because he clearly has offspring that eventually create lore and data, (laughs) etc. Right? Maybe
0: he cloned himself.
1: Maybe. Maybe he created a clone. Anyways, yeah, so that concludes the Augment story arc of Enterprise Season 4.
0: Yeah, um, I have uh, mixed thoughts on this arc mm-hmm uh i think it, I. it's it's cool to see bright spider again oh uh,
1: sure
0: um i'd like the idea of the augments i would have liked the aug i would have liked it to not be quite so good versus evil Mm-hmm. i would like to have seen the augments be a little more sympathetic so you can kind of see where sung is coming from Mm-hmm. i mean otherwise otherwise it's just like well sung you're an idiot these guys are clearly evil <laughs>
1: yeah and you know he i mean ultimately it's like yeah come on guy like you you don't notice what's going on i mean i think what they were trying to get at was that you know he has this he's so like engrossed in his own conviction that like humanity needs to be improved upon and that these augments represent that and that we can you know like okay the eugenics wars happened in the past and it was horrible but not all the augments are bad it was maybe it was like nurture versus nature um and and you know he spent time with these augments as children and as far as he knows they're just like normal people they're just like normal children and so he spends all that time locked up he goes back to them and i think he's expecting them to just be you know normal people it turns out that, you know, well, some of these things that made the augments and the eugenic wars so horrible, like, still exist. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like, well, are they this way because he, quote-unquote, abandoned them? Or are they just, like, naturally aggressive? And it seems like that's the case. Like, they're just bred to be warriors, like, that are, or they're engineered, rather, to be warriors. Um there so yeah there is some interesting stuff there i feel um but it just it just not really kind of conveyed that well and and so you do you just kind of get this like sung like you're a dummy like
0: yeah it was basically three episodes of sung being a dummy and archer trying to stop the augments
1: yeah like oh archer was right all along and and like you were saying you wish that there had been kind of a you know, more, more, uh, subtlety to it. Like, that could have been interesting. It could have been more like, you know, like I, I can imagine, and I don't think that Next Gen ever addressed, addressed the augments or that, you know, the, the eugenics wars. I mean, I'll have to go look and it'd be interesting if they did, but, I mean, you can imagine an episode of Next Generation would probably have dealt with this in a much more kind of like, difficult way. <laughs> like, oh, you know, maybe, they're not all bad, or...
0: yeah it w- I think it would have been a little more interesting had Archer caught up with them and then realized actually they're not evil, they're just you know genetically engineered and
1: mm-hmm. uh, like or maybe what if you know what if they actually like Malik, what if he was a little deeper or they went a little deeper, and he was struggling with like these genetic predisposition to do evil. <laughs> But but he's like, ah, oh, I know. Like he's kind of torn up, right? Right. He's like, I know. He's like, I know this isn't me. Like, I, I'm a you know, I, I don't want to be a bad person, but it's just like ingrained in me, you know. And having this kind of struggle like that, and then you know, eventually maybe it leads up like Sung has to kill him or something, you know? Like like that would have been super devastating. <laughs> yeah, but it would have been it, right. it
0: would have been a lot more interesting than Malik is evil. I mean, his name mm-hmm. is Malik. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're you're not really, you know, they're not not really painting with a lot of different shades there. Right, pretty pretty black and white, I think. Um, but so it had it it had a lot of potential. I mean, it it, if anything, it it became more of like a uh, a con light kind of idea because you know we've been there with con and and you know he was very much like. Like I'm getting back at the humans because they mistreated me and my people, you know. Right in when... in Space Seed,
0: and then in mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan, he just wanted revenge for being left yeah. on that planet.
1: Yeah, and space yeah Space Seed was was a little more subtle. But,
0: but I think what makes Khan work is that uh, Ricardo Montalban is super charismatic,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this guy was no Ricardo Montalban.
1: No, no, Malik was kind of like oh he's the leader really okay he just gets more screen time like that's the reason he's the leader like yeah I
0: don't know. like he's just seeds evil the entire time
1: Mm-hmm. so yeah i, I guess we can pretty much agree that it was kind of mixed
0: yeah uh i mean obviously they couldn't keep the augments around otherwise they'd be running around in future <laughs> star trek <laughs> Episode or future Star Trek series, Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, even still,
1: yeah. So uh, I, you know what I, I've got to say. I would welcome the augments as like kind of a part of the Star Trek uh, lore, I, like being explored in a future. Like, like if the augments were to show up on the new Star Trek series, I that that could be great as long as they like explore some different element of it you know because i think that the eugenics wars idea is so is super interesting and the fact like i was um talking about with someone the other day like the fact that gene roddenberry came up with this idea decades before genetic engineering was like viable and it it was so it's something that could very well happen Mm-hmm. you know with with technology advancing the way it is and g- genetic modifications and and uh the manipulation of the genome you know it's something that could really happen and it was so far ahead of its time uh and it's an interesting like plausible future scenario um that it would be cool to see it revisited but you know i guess ultimately we also want to just see new stories too so
0: yeah they do touch upon the uh augments they weren't called augments uh they were just genetically modified uh, people on uh, Deep Space Nine. Mm. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it it wasn't to this degree.
1: Oh, so they were meant to be though, like remnants of the eugenics wars, or
0: uh, there were there's still genetic engineering going on at that point, and mm-hmm. uh, j- illegally, of course.
1: Huh. Okay. Well, I look forward to seeing that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, this this three parter. Uh, had me interested cause Brent Spiner's in it and he's always great, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Malik, uh, not so, not so much. He was just generic bad guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Not, a, he was a genetic bad guy who was a generic bad guy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming up. Um, you know, definitely bit of an uneven start Of first few episodes this final season um, But I think we have some Good stuff on the horizon
0: Yeah I do like how I mean I liked the Zindi storyline Of season 3 I do mm-hmm. like how this feels much more Star Trekky, Though this season mm-hmm. Where they're moving from different story To different story Hmm. Um, but yeah uh, Next time we'll talk about The Forge and Awakening
1: Mm. La Forge? <laughs> no, the Forge. Oh, oh, wasn't that his nickname?
0: The Forge? No, I'm kidding.
1: Okay, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, folks.
0: Star Trek Enterprise, welcome to Vulcan,
1: a planet as strange as its people. Karen, what if something goes wrong down there? It already has. When a treacherous journey begins... This is no place for your kind. ...the life of one of Starfleet's own will end. Step Captain Archer, all of Vulcan grieves with you today. A special three-part Star Trek event begins...